experiences, when you have or, or near death experience, when you have experience with people, loved ones who are undergoing either are thinking about undergoing abortion or sexuality issues. We've talked about cultural diversity. We've talked about politics on this show. And today we're going to delve into the environment of temporary separation and divorce from a marital standpoint. And so these are hard topics. These, this is real life. But at the end of the day, the cross overcomes it all if we will just fall at the feet of Jesus. And so with that in mind, Today, I have two very, very special women with me, and I'm so excited because, one, you have been hearing about Rohini Hughes um, and, and how she has just had a, a phenomenal experience um, really anchoring into Jesus, even in the midst of tremendous circumstances. We're going to talk a little bit more about the miraculous aspect of it. And so a little bit about Rohini, um, as you have already heard. But just to give you a little bit of a recap, Rohini is a mother of two um, and a wife as well. And one of her powerful testimonies is that she is in the process of really in tandem praying for her marriage as well as um, undergoing what she needs to do in order to keep her and her her kids protected. Um, We've talked about that powerful testimony of how she came from a Hindu family And in the midst of that, the Lord pursued her heart in such a way that she was able to accept Christ, even though she was really running in the opposite direction. And if you haven't heard parts one and two, um, this woman is amazing in telling her testimony because you could just see how, um, Rohini, I kind of chuckled when you were like, I would go to these things and to the Billy Graham, you know, event, and I would say, get me out of here. This is not, you know, these are crazy. Um, and so that's yeah, that's, that's sort of what what's been fascinating. So, my sister in Christ was born in um, in a Hindu Sikh family, as I had mentioned, New Delhi, India. And her loving parents really taught her about God through many forms of Hindu gods, but and Sikh gurus. But however, it was Christ in pursuing her heart um, that really helped her 18 years ago when she accepted Him to journey through life in such a way that brings eternal life. And so today, in addition to being an advocate for her children, as I mentioned, she's also a voice for military spouses and children. And she's the founder of a nonprofit advocacy organization called National Military Spouse Advocacy Organization. You want to learn more? You can go www.n is in Nancy, m is in Mary, sao.org. You can find this also on the introduction to this show. My lovely sister, Eileen Garner. <laughs> I have to tell you a funny story about her because I remember serving, we served together a few years ago in the Northern Virginia Great Banquet. And this woman has um, definitely (laughs) given me one look to hold me accountable to what I was about to put in my mouth. And it was just (laughs) in the most graceful, but yet convicting manner. (laughs) The easiest way I can describe Eileen Garner is that she is, just such a, a passionate um, sister in Christ and at the same time a loving and, and really a graceful sister in Christ in many respects. And she and her husband have a wonderful ministry um, that she'll talk a little bit about. It's called Divorce We Care, um, dealing with Crossroads Divorce Coaching. That's the name of their, their, um, their company and essentially guiding people who are undergoing the process of separation and divorce. And so Eileen is a Christ follower and a kingdom worker for Christ in that she has a passion for helping people handle their blind spots. And specifically, we'll talk about how she does that within the context of divorce. She's a registered dietitian with a master's from Immaculata who overcame an eating disorder and achieved substantial weight loss, which positioned her really in the middle of her clients' private and emotional lives. It was in that that she was able to help them develop health and nutrition strategies that worked for them and at the same time motivated them to achieve their goals. So today that's leveraged in her, um, you know, in her, in, in her work uh, along with her husband, Steve, as they help people who are undergoing divorce to not only undergo it, but also to achieve healing and renewal um, in through and out of divorce, as you have described it um, so beautifully. And more on that can be found at www.divorcewecare.org. 
www.divorcewecare.com. Again, www.divorcewecare.com. Ladies, I know that was a mouthful, but I had to brag on you for a second. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're humbled. Trust me. Uh, uh, it's, um, it's really the privilege is mine. So what I would like to do is to, to get from you how you met. How have you been connected to one another such that you are here on this show today? Uh, let's start with you, Rohini. Um, thank you. So I um, was, you know, unfortunately separated from my husband and due to the abandonment over the course of several months, um, didn't really know what to do financially. I had wiped out my credit card and um, drained, you know, any funds that I had in order to survive with the children. And um, McLean Bible Church's Pastor Joe Henriquez and Mr. John Baber um, are two individuals that carried the children and I every hour, every day through emails, text messages, and guidance in their mm-hmm. love, and really led me to file for spousal support and child support temporarily during the abandonment and the separation. And it was very difficult to do. Um, I remember standing, you know, at the, the beginning of the, um, the courthouse and just weeping and begging God to, that, that I didn't want to do this. And, um, you know, and they were on the phone with me (laughs) telling me that um, God was with me, helping me through these times and just to blindly trust in him. So I did. Mm. I filed for that. And I'd never been in litigation before other than, you know, landlord tenant issue. And um, so I didn't know what I was doing. My husband's an attorney, but I'd never written a motion before. Um, I didn't, you know, even though I'm a JAG spouse, married to an attorney in the military. Um, I didn't know what I was going to learn, what I was about to learn, what what God was going to teach me. Um, So I had put some items up for sale because we were being forced to vacate our home. Um, My husband being in the military, he used a federal law called Service Member Civil Relief Act, uh, the SCRA. And under those, uh, the service members are given military orders to terminate the lease um, legally, and which is exactly what he did, and forced us into homelessness. We had nowhere to go. So two days prior to um, going into homelessness and vacating the home, um, I, um, through the help of our neighbor, our mutual neighbor, um, she had assisted me in putting some items up for sale on the local site, and Eileen Garner came over looking for a bed for her son, and um, in the midst of all this chaos, um, you can either cling to Christ or you can walk away from Christ. So I chose to cling to Christ. So I had Christian music playing literally all day long, every single day. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly yeah. what I was doing. As people were coming in, they were listening to Christian music. And Eileen picked up on that and made a comment. And um, so we just started chatting. And the next thing you know, I didn't have a bed for her, but... <laughs> She, in turn, gave me an amazing blessing. She um, spoke of how they were, um, her and her husband were just beginning a divorce coaching business. And I explained my story, my situation to her, and how I had a hearing coming up in five days um, for my support. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. So she said, why don't we, why don't we just help you? So I just thought it was, you know, a very brief moment of, sure, we'll help you, and nothing's going to come out of it, you know, how mm-hmm, sometimes right. people are. But this was incredible. She harassed me for the next 24 hours to ensure that I was fully prepared. <laughs> and for the next five days, she brought me in her home, and I had never met her. She lived three doors away from my home, and I had never met her before. So, she brought me in for the next five days, fed me all my meals, and then prepared me for court um, and taught me how to write a motion, assisted me, and just really prepared me to go in front of the judge and plead my case and to be able to you know, seek support, financial support for us to survive. And 
that's when this journey just really began with with Eileen, and she's I have so many miracles, and she's been just a tremendous mm. miracle in in our lives. Um, had it not been for her, I, I don't know what I would have done. Um, I had um, I had searched for any pro bono legal services that could assist me, and I was turned down because either the case was too complicated or they just didn't want to go up against a chief of military justice in the military. I had reached out to several universities that offer free law clinics and um, re- you know, received the same response, unfortunately. So Eileen, in literal terms, was truly God sent to me um, in, in just beautiful. so many ways. Yeah. And I and I, I I guarantee you those meals were healthy meals those five days, weren't they, Eileen? Oh, absolutely. And no we're talking absolutely no dessert. <laughs> well, fruit is dessert. You serve me fruit and lots of hummus, so trust yeah. me. It's two of my hey, favorite that things. Exactly. So and Emma, all you... I was looking for was a bed. I know exactly. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how God is so faithful? He's like, Yeah, I'll get you more than a bed. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about your what's going on through your mind as you're, you know, you're walking in this, for all intents and purposes, what was supposed to be a, probably a few minutes of just looking and then, okay, buying and, and leaving. So, you know, what was going on through your mind as you were meeting Rohini? Um, you know, what she commented about the music, you know, I picked up on that instantly. The Lord speaks through me all the time through music, his music, his Christian music. And when mm. I walked in there, as she was saying, I'm, my son was looking for a bed. He got his own place, so that's why I was up there looking for this. And as soon as I walked in, I, I heard the music, and God spoke to me. So that's how our conversation kind of started about what's going on. And um, her her own faith in God, you know, enabled her to open up to me. She didn't know me from Adam, as she said, even though I live three doors down, I've never met her. And this was yeah. our first meeting. And through trusting in the Lord and, um, you know, she just opened up. And she was just tell, started to tell me what went on. And um, I remember this all happened because my comment to her was, I love your music. And yeah. boom, Amen. everything opened up. And she started explaining the situation and um you know was upset was distraught well, there was fear and um i just asked if i could help her and um you know god did send me and i i thought i was going for a bed but <laughs> once i got there and the music was playing and i so wish i could remember the song but it was a song that spoke to me to to offer her offer that help Mm. amen when you talk about God speaking to you through music Mm -hmm. can you elaborate a little bit on that for our listeners what do you mean he is audible voice is it the lyrics how does he usually speak to you through music you know um it speaking through me it's the lyrics um it's interesting because um just say Jesus and I I'm I cannot tell you to sing that song, but you know the those three words, just say Jesus, continues to play over in my mind, in my heart. It wakes me up. It, it's just a constant. And um, that's how, whether it's a specific um, a lyric that's coming out, a few, a phrase, or or the context of maybe, you know, what I have prayed and asked the Lord for, um, he'll that's what I mean by speaking through a song. Um, mm. it, 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 whatever it may be will be answered. A direction would be shown. Something would mm. become more clear. And as I said, I, I so wish I could remember the song, but it was clear to me he sent me to this home not to get a bed, but to <laughs> offer his assistance through me. Amen. Amen. I love how the Lord works. So what are some, speaking of, you know, just how he speaks to us, um, and I'd love to hear from both of you. We can start with you, Rohini. What is a passage that's really spoken to your heart or or something that's happened recently where you really felt the Lord 
speaking into your life? Well, you know, one thing that I've shared in the last two sessions with you, Emma, is um, that three things that I've always received from our God in, you know, sermons or um, verses or songs or whatever, or mm-hmm. Facebook um, messages, you know, it's a be still, wait, and trust. And one um, psalm that ties to that directly is Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen. God tells us to wait for the Lord, mm-hmm. be strong, mm-hmm. let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. And that, that's, that's just really sums it up. And that's where blind trust comes in. That's where giving our control over to God comes in, which I still am learning. And, you know, and Eileen is so loving and gentle to constantly (laughs) remind me, Rosini, here you go again. And then she wills me right back. And I'm so grateful that I have someone to be accountable to um, when I, you know, start to go off in my own direction. And I think, well, God's not going to help me or this is just not going to work or, you know, my crazy my crazy moments and uh, um, Eileen's just always loving and uh, reminding me, um, you know, be still, just wait Mm -hmm. and trust in him. And um, Mm -hmm. that's my favorite one. Mm, Powerful. Absolutely. What about you, Eileen? Well, I will comment. Her crazy moments are are getting far and few between now. Praise (laughs) Lord. (laughs) Transformation. We're all a work in progress, right? Yes, we are. We are. <laughs> but um, as I mentioned, um, what's been resonating with me is the words, just say Jesus. And now my husband Steve and I are, are very blessed to be able to come out to Arizona to winter. And it is amazing, um, the experience. You know, we are experiencing so many new people, relationships, opportunities that are just coming into our life here that, you know, we don't, I don't fully understand why or what will come of it. You know, I'm not always clear on the purpose or the reason of it. Mm. And um, the just say Jesus, he, he has been telling me over and over. And what I hear in the message to me um, with those words is that the Lord's telling me, to call upon him, you know, for the clarity, for the direction. And he will show me, he will show Steve, he will show us um, what the plan is, why these people are coming into our life, what what together we are mm-hmm. to do, what will come of these opportunities. But right. he, just call upon him, and he will show us that clarity. So that has been um, playing with me for a while now. <laughs> So those those are the words um, that have been resonating with me. Wow, that's that's amazing. And in both of these themes, you have the, in essence, stay stay fixed on me, right? Stay still, mm-hmm. in absolutely. Me, mm-hmm. um, which is so mm-hmm. just so quintessential, especially when things are so fast moving within the context of uh, a divorce or marital separation. So what are each of your experiences with this topic today. Um, you know, people are tuning in who are probably either going through it or know people who are. Uh, so what, where are you coming from experientially? So we can start with you, Eileen, this time. Oh, as far as separation and divorce? Um, yep. I, um, I separated in uh, 2004, the beginning, and my divorce was final in December of 2005. And um, I have experienced divorce like I would wish (laughs) on no one, (laughs) to be honest with you. Um, It was a very long process, a two-year process, and uh, um, my ex-husband at the time just... um, was not uh it, it was he was difficult you know he wanted to make everything everything difficult he was threatening um you know you'll have nothing you won't get the kids you know I, at the time i i am a dietitian but after having our fourth child i became a stay at home mom 
And um, so I was out of work for many years when uh, this divorce divorce came to came to. And um, so <laughs> I have. Um, that's my experience uh, with a with a divorce. It was not a, a nice divorce. It was a very tough divorce. It cost us way too much money. It was very destructive to our life, to our kids, um, to me emotionally, spiritually, in every realm you could think of financially. It was very draining. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of that, um, I just said, you know, I don't want anyone else to have, have to experience this. So if there is a way to make it a little gentler, mm-hmm. that's what, that's what uh, I want to do. Right. And were you a believer at that time when you were undergoing your uh, separation and, and yeah. divorce? No, um, actually, I was not. Um, you know, when I was um, going through uh, through my divorce, well, actually, I'll put it to you this way. Um, you know, in my younger days, I understood God in a religious sense. Okay, so I went mm-hmm. to church. I... Uh, check the boxes, you know, I, I did what, I knew there, God existed, but I did not have a personal, intimate relationship with him, no. Right. Okay. As I got older and experienced um, some events, uh, the uh, the broken marriage, uh, you know, I, I lost my daughter when she was three months old. My son, you know, mm-hmm. became an insulin-dependent diabetic. Um so all these things started to happen, and as having a relationship with God in the religious sense, I thought to myself, boy, you know, you know, what kind of God are you? You know, do this. You're doing this to me. Right. Um, and I was in a, and at that time, you know, I was in a very dark place. And um, through my divorce, and actually for a bit post-divorce, so after I was divorced, and during those dark times, um, you know, I came to the place where I was in the process of taking my life. And during that process of doing so, that is when I met Jesus personally and got a glimpse of heaven. And um, that's that's how I came to have an intimate and personal relationship with the Lord, and I have never looked back. And that happened to me November 2008. Wow, powerful. It's amazing how he never gives up on us, even when no. uh, we're at the end of our <laughs> our personal rope, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, e- and even when we, we, we so just, you know, just push him off to the side and, and blame him, you know, it's yes. just, right. But he forgives. Yeah. Yes. Amen. <laughs> he has Amen. so much grace. He's so much grace. Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. And you, Rohini, what is... um. We've heard a little bit about, you know, your experience, I think more so in the past show, but what is your, you know, take, what would you say the the Bible says about divorce? Um, and, and we'll get back to you, Eileen, on that as well, but what's your, um, what's um, the biblical position on, on divorce? I should have this verse ready, but you know me. I am not the academic Christian, so I don't have a verse ready. But I know that you'll assist me with that. Yes, <laughs> By the way, I will. But, yeah, there is, there is something in the Bible that clearly says, you know, what I have brought together, let no man divide, um, no man separate. Um, and that, that, is, that is something that I'm constantly reminding myself. And then when I'm discovered um, how, you know, in in a relationship with Christ, it's it's not a marriage; it's a covenant. And the, the, this concept was just so new to me. Um, it's almost like I wasn't aware of this concept in the 18 years of walking with Christ. Um, or if I was, I I didn't buy into it. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, the last two years, I'm beginning to understand that. And beginning to accept that, and um, you know, here, the, here's this perfect story 
uh, in divorce coaching, they um, share with you about decoupling. You, you, they recommend, they suggest that you take your wedding rings off. So as you're going through this financial and other separation and other formats, um, emotionally easier um, to grasp and process through the legal um, formalities um, to, to not have that ring and, and to decouple. And Eileen will tell you, I was so rebellious. I fought her. I fought her husband. And, um, and they were so kind and they were so patient and they were so sweet to me, offering all different options um, to me in decoupling. And I just rejected all of them. And I just felt very convicted that if I'm learning on how to blindly trust God, and if I'm learning the true meaning of a covenant, I, I, I just, I didn't believe that I had the authority to take my wedding rings off no matter what. Now, I'm not saying that that's something that every spouse should do um, because there's so many cases of abuse where, you know, God allows divorce to take place. And, um, you know, it's just very unfortunate, but... In my case, in my particular story, I wasn't being led to remove my rings. I'm not being led to end this marriage. I'm just not being led that way. So I very boldly fought back and um, kept my rings on, and I still have my rings on. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's there's a lot of verses about marriage and um you know the the bond um, that we that we have when we become one in, in marriage with our with our spouses, and um, I don't know they just they have never spoken to me so strongly as they have in the last two years. Yeah, and the verse you were just referring to is out of Matthew nineteen, um, which specifically addresses what God has joined together. Um, and the thing to note, too, is that this is when it comes to what goes on with, with divorce and, you know, and separation. This is a very personal and it is a very yeah. individual process. You know, yes. um, there is also scripture out of Matthew 5 that does have grounds for divorce when it comes to sexual immorality. Um, right. You know, or for example, in the case of abuse. Um, you know, we're talking about a, <laughs> a relinquishing of the um, order that the Lord has placed for me to be. Right. And so um, I, I, I love the fact that you brought up um, the uh, leading that you had in this particular situation and want to clarify for our listener that we are not taking a position on one and or the other, <laughs> this is not going to solve what, you know, what divorce is in the Bible works we're, we're going to quote scripture as scripture states. So there's strong scripture for Matthew 19. There's strong, strong scripture as well for in Matthew five about exception grounds for divorce. Um, so I want to hear a little bit about you, Eileen, as well, because you obviously have a divorce coaching um, you know, ministry. And so how do you, how do you, how do you see the Bible and how it approaches divorce? Um, sure. Okay. Well, the first thing is I believe in the authority of the scripture. So 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 um, speaks to all scripture is God breath and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good day. So the Bible that we have is precisely the word God wants us to have. So in talking about that, God's original desire was that man and women grow and form a relationship so bonded that they become one person or one flesh, right? Mark 10:8, and the two will become one flesh, so they mm-hmm. are no longer two but one flesh. Well, that is still, when we're looking at it, is still God's desire for marriage. But when sin entered the world, man's relationship with God was broken, and brokenness 
was has all, what also entered God's plan for right. marriage, right? right? So when the husband and wife, when they follow God in their relationship, when they are both on the same page and God is the center there, God's purpose, plan, and blessings can be experienced in their life. A fulfilled, right. happy marriage as God has originally desired and wanted to become one. Okay, But as Jesus said in Mark um, 10, 5, it is because your hearts are hard. So God permitted divorce because of man's hard, hard heartedness. The hearts are hard against the will of God. So in marriage, when in sin, like adultery, desertion, um, when one walks away from God's original plan for marriage and the bond of the marriage is broken, then divorce is permitted. Okay. My husband, my um, ex-husband, he committed adultery. Our bond was broken. Um, so God's ultimate desire for us is to be in deep relations with him, with God. And when we are in those deep relationships with God, then we follow his will for for us, for our life, for our marriage. But, and this is one thing that um, I know I have said to Rohini, <laughs> one thing we have to understand is we, one, Rohini cannot change her spouse. I could not change yeah. my ex. We cannot change another person. We can only change ourselves. God can change people, but God right. doesn't force people to change. That's our free will. Right. But if we each, each one of us fully open, the husband and wife, we fully open our life, our heart to God, he will change us. And, it, and in a marriage, both participants, you must be willing to surrender themselves to the Lord. And unfortunately, that's not always the case, as we have seen in well, in my circumstance and currently in Rohini's. However, we are in prayer for them. So, hmm. Amen. And you have also seen couples um, during the divorce coaching go out of the thought of divorcing, right? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, we have a divorce coaching business, but our soul, our foremost, utmost, is to see if that marriage can be saved. Sometimes it's a matter of they don't communicate. Mm -hmm. As simple as that. So that is why um, in what we do, we, we try and do our best to see if there can be reconciliation, if the marriage can be saved. And, and if it can't because, of adultery or abuse or desertion or whatever it may be, that it can't be. If if one is already gone, one can't save a marriage. It takes two. So if one has already left it, then the key is to do it in a godly way, to do it gently, not not disrupt, not be destructive. You don't want any regrets and you want limited collateral damage. And that's 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 kind of our um kind of what we we try and do mm-hmm. and you, you i love what you just touched on which is you know you, you got to be you, you have to stay in prayer about this and you have to be led you know and gently transition into what the lord is leading to do mm-hmm. and so um at the end of the day he knows the hearts better than anybody and Absolutely. he can navigate and he was able to transform a man who was for all intents and purposes worse than hitler and have him write 13 books of the Bible. So, yeah, he can transform Saul to Paul. He can transform any heart, right? But mm-hmm. but there is there's definitely a lot of wisdom in making sure that we are also operating in the will of God as we are navigating through what the next steps are and not just hanging on to what he doesn't want us to hang on to. Um, I would love to hear about, because this is the part where I'm continuously in awe of how the Lord navigates us through brokenness. Um, you know, to borrow from the word that you just used, Eileen. And, and I think when I talk to kids in jail, a lot of times I like to use this example because it seems to resonate more with them. And it's essentially the fact that Jesus helps us to navigate brokenness. So if you look at, at our lives 
as a series of obstacles that are waiting to happen. And that's what brokenness is. You know, God had a perfect plan. He created a perfect life for us. He wanted us to get a taste of what it was to be in his image, therefore inserting choice so we could choose to be with him and dwell as friends. We chose as humanity to defy his will. And so in doing that, there are all these obstacles. And what Jesus does is he clears the way. And he did that when he died for us and resurrected. And he said, now you want to be in the way that I cleared, just follow me. I mean, I I cleared the way, but you got to follow me because I am the way. And when we do that, we can navigate either around the obstacles or, uh, you know, skip hop right on top of them or whatever the clearest path is to dwelling with him for eternity. And so along this road of brokenness for you, Rohini, there has been some incredible miracles, and I would love it if you would share some of them with us. Yes, absolutely. Um, So, you know, beginning with Eileen, so when I was selling the few items that I had, because I was going into a storage unit, and um, I'd never placed my items in storage unit. I mean, I don't even know how to calculate things. Um, so I just kind of eyeballed things and there were so many items that I knew were not going to fit. I sold every item that my kind neighbor, um, Tracy had put up for sale in 30 hours and nobody once bargained with me. Yes. (laughs) And, um, they all, you know, it, it, it was truly God's amazing miracle. They all came in, um, they all asked why I was moving out and I just kind of gave them a one, two liner and they all gave me full price on what I was asking. And, um, I, that just alone was a miracle. Then, um, this is two days prior to, you know, vacating the home. I still hadn't found a place to go to. I couldn't afford regular hotels. And I mentioned this in the previous session, you know, literally at the last minute, I became aware that certain military bases offer, uh, particular rooms at the um, um, military hotels to um, battered women. So we started calling different bases, and none of them were offering that. However, um, Joint Base Andrews opened up a room for us um, at a discounted rate. And here's the miracle. We're only allowed to stay there for 30 days. We were there for almost a year. That alone is miraculous. Because we know the military's mm. protocol, um, yet God provided, you know, in those times. And then um, another miraculous thing, um, the other neighbor on the other side, three doors down, was uh, a guardian ad litem in the same court. And um, she prepared me as well because, you know, I was going to ask for a guardian ad litem to be assigned to my son. That was very miraculous. And then um, I couldn't afford a full-price storage unit. That came literally at the last minute. Um, Yes, it was far, but it was half the price, something that I could afford. And then another miracle, which is mini and simple, but every single item that I had in the house fit perfectly in that storage so that when I was shutting the door, there was not any room left for any additional item. I mean, that's God, (laughs) you know, and, and it's um it's just amazing. So and then it just goes on in so many other ways. Um, I was led to um, a Stonecroft military ministry uh, for Christ, where I met Tisha Levine, and she assisted me immensely through this storm with her prayers and and stuff. That was very miraculous. And then every time I've gone to court, and you know sometimes. Um, there's been victory. Sometimes there's been defeats because that's how court is. It's not about winning. It's about justice. And sometimes we don't like what we receive. But I've noticed that God has walked with me and he's shown up each time, whether it's, um, you know, a clerk being kind um, or assisting um, or an individual in in the court that was uh, very hostile now, you know, has become the the um the most faithful ally um to attorneys just randomly walking up to me and just 
started chatting and all of a sudden give me 15 minutes of pro bono advice. Um, and mm, I couldn't, you know, make anything out of that um, except for there's just one explanation, and that's, that's our God. That's, that's him knowing that I'm in need, and he, he's going to provide every possible thing. And then, um, you know, this is another big miracle, just like Eileen's. Um, my former tenant's parents, I've never met them. They've gone above and beyond Mr. and Mrs. Nystrom in um, financially loaning us, you know, funds to be able to afford a home um, and during the times when I wasn't receiving any court-awarded income, carrying us through um, the times when we were hopping hotels. Um, who does that? This mm. is all God. It's God's yeah. hand. When, when God's people are called to, to assist and defend, that, that's, what, that's what Christians do. That's what these people have done, you know. And um, it, just, it just continues to amaze me to see God's hand in so many other different ways where it's just evident, you know, and you know that that's God because how can people you haven't even met would go above and beyond in taking care of you. How is that possible? How can people that you've never met will go above and beyond feeding you for five days and preparing you for court? That's just, that's just God each time. And, Amen. You know, <laughs> it's, um, but I think, you know, it just goes back to waiting. I waited for seven months before I saw something happening and it was very difficult because I wasn't seeing anything from God. I was just pouring my heart out to him, and nothing was happening. And then when it started happening, it just hasn't stopped. It's just been one miracle after another, after another, after another. Um, you know, then when we were hopping hotels, we were um, given these amazing people at different hotels that matched the price at Joint Base Andrews Hotel, which is, you know, a much discounted rate at, at a military installation. I mean, my goodness, who does that? And then they allowed us to stay there for six months. And this is one of a very famous chains. It's the Hilton brand um, that permitted us to stay there at such a discounted rate. Uh, you know, again, that's just all God. And then people mm. within the hotel, um, so kind to us after they heard our story, bringing us meals from their home. That, that was wow. just amazing. And they're not all Christians. God used non-Christians to, to serve us, to minister to us, to love us during our times. Um, and then, um, you know, the Northern Virginia Great Banquet. Uh, when I met Eileen, Eileen kept on saying, you need to go to the Great Banquet. You need to go to the Great Banquet. And I just got so <laughs> sick and tired of hearing that. And I thought, you know, I don't know her. It's probably some cult that she's bringing me to. I'm not sure if I want to do this. And, you know, it's, um, you know, in my brokenness, and I just said, okay, if this is what God wants me to do, I'll go. And then even until the last second, I'm thinking, this is a cult. This is a cult. I don't want to be here. I can't be here. And then when I got there, of course, you know, I'm, I'm very hesitant to be there. And what is, what is the, the theme song? It's Chris Tomlin's good, good father that God used to put me at ease because that had become Amen. my son Amen. and myself's favorite song. And then they played that the very first night. And if you don't know the great banquet, it's, it's four days of agape love. You think you know agape love. You, know, you think you know the word agape. You have no clue until you attend this, this amazing four-day, it's not even a retreat. It's, it's an agape love groupie session, you know, if I can <laughs> label it that, where <laughs> sisters in Christ and, and brothers in Christ come together and, and um, really show you what it means to come closer to God, come closer to Christ and, and trust in him and depend upon him. And then through those moments, through their love, you know, other sisters in Christ that have been through the great banquet um, are, are serving you 
this agape love through this amazing three four course meals and and so many things so it was it was just almost like um healing during homelessness mm. to go to yeah. this four day thing and to be served with such deep genuine love from people right. and not be asked for anything in return it's free it's absolutely free and that was such an eye opener to me and you know in in the indian culture we're all about service and when i received this service from the great banquet this is no cult <laughs> it is it is mm. genuine love genuine service from our god to to others that god has called us to do and you know with so many other things that eileen has done for me that is one thing i'll forever be in debt um, to her for forcing me to go, for inviting me to go. And then, you know, of course, in the midst of all this, I convinced her to join my nonprofit. So she's the treasurer for our nonprofit in um, passionately oh, serve to, to assist other military spouses during their storms um, in legal separations and, 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 you know, assisting them um, in any capacity that she can. So it's just an amazing honor to have her be part yeah. of the team um, and to serve alongside us. And while she literally personally, you know, um, helps me through my storm in, in litigation. Um, and then just very, very briefly, just recently, this is where God showed up again in court. I had two cases. One of them I wasn't even prepared for. I was convinced the judge would be able to permit me for a continuance because there was lack of service of process. I, was never informed of the case. And miraculously, you know, I was led to believe that this possibly could go south. It wouldn't work out. You know, the judge wouldn't grant me a continuance. I had no evidence, no supporting documentation to prove my case, to defend myself, to advocate for myself. And God showed up. I, you know, he blessed me in this particular case without even being prepared for it because he wanted the glory out of these cases. He wants the glory to know that he's in charge because I've put him in charge. And it's through that blind trust that I've put him in charge. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to do. It's not an easy thing to do for what Eileen's gone through. And I must share I've had the blessing of Steve and Eileen's help during my storm. Eileen had nobody. She did this on her own. She, she was not married to a JAG officer or an attorney. She learned everything on her own. She would go to the courtroom and sit and learn and educate herself so she could advocate for herself. And then here she's turned it around for God's glory, helping others through what God has taught her. And, you know, that's what I hope to do in my future as well. Divorce is such an ugly thing. And it's very unfortunate that attorneys and all the individuals involved um, want to just make a buck off of it and manipulating people's lives, destroying people's lives and, you know, teaching them to be vindictive and encouraging them to be vindictive. And that's not what we're called to do. And I think that's where Eileen's business is just so God-blessed because that's not what she's doing. She's not promoting divorce. She's saying, let's work on reconciliation. And if that doesn't work out, let's do this amicably. Let's do this lovingly through the love of Christ. Let's be fair. Let's be just. But mm. let's pursue what needs to be done in a rightful, righteous manner. And that's what separates Eileen and Steve from any other attorney, any other entity such as a mediator that is out there. And, you know, in the midst of all this chaos, God could have put me in the hands of an attorney with $10,000 in retainer, which I could never afford, you know, or some pro bono attorney who didn't know what they were doing. But that's not what God's will was. God's will was for me to be in Steve and Eileen's hands, um, in, in a Christian loving hands and and that alone is so miraculous in, in itself absolutely 
And I think um, the thing that's really powerful about what you brought up is, you know, and, and really what we've seen on this show is that God has positioned Christians in all different environments. There are attorneys that are out there that are fervent Christ believers who are out there to help people. We've interviewed a couple of them yeah. on the show. And it and it's when Jesus followers invite him to take lordship of their lives on the day-to-day, that's what happens. You know, we start seeing yeah. kingdom impact. I want to um, yeah. read a little bit of a passage. And guys who are listening in, just bear with us a little bit. We're going to go over. I'm just giving you a heads up. But it's really worth it because um, – these ladies have such rich insight for us. But I was thinking as you were talking, Rohini, about Matthew 6. And if there's anyone listening in and you're going through a tough time, just listen to this for a second. We're going to go to verse 25. And it says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, mm-hmm. what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. In this context, he's talking to Jewish followers. He said, but your heavenly Father knows that you need all of them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so, therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow mm-hmm. will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. One of the things that Eileen said is, as you started out um, talking about your your company, is that you said, you know, we believe in Scripture and we believe in, in God's um, authority through Scripture. And so, Eileen, I would love for you to give us some advice and parting words to the people who are listening in and and are in this moment of desperation where they're undergoing separation or ongoing divorce. And, you know, maybe they don't even have access to you or don't think they can get access to you. And they're wondering, okay, so where do I go? I mean, how do I do this? Could you please give us some advice, um, you know, for for those people if they know people who are going through the same situation? Sure. Well, first of all, I, I want to encourage everyone, um, you know, to visit the website, and you can contact us. There's a way to contact us, and we take each situation by situation. You know, um, everybody ha- is their situation is different, so please, um, you know, feel free to to call or contact um, contact us, and if we can help. We mm-hmm. will help, and if we can, as um, Rohini mentioned, through the advocacy that has started, you know, I have had many um, uh, people call, and if I cannot help for whatever reason, whether they're, you know, uh, uh, in a different state or whatever might be going on, and um, I will do my best to find them help, um, whether it is a legal firm that that does do um you know that does take in some people who cannot afford it or whatever it may be but um please don't hesitate to contact us and we will do our best Absolutely. to um, try and help or or steer you in a way because remember you're not alone and that Absolutely. is what is so crucial in separation and divorce i remember you know when i was going through it i felt so alone all my friends, they weren't my friends anymore. You know, it was, mm. I felt alone, and I did not have that intimate relationship with the Lord. So I was alone, or so I thought. And um, it is a scary feeling. 
and you know you go back to you know when i when i think back on it and that and that is what you know god has planted the seed for this divorce coaching in me and it has flourished because when i was going through my divorce it was after the end if i only knew this if i only knew what to expect i had nobody to help me i steve and i want to help others so they don't go through what I went through because it was not mm. nice. Um, it drove me to the edge where I wanted to kill myself. So it was a terrible thing. So I, I want all your listeners to understand and, and hear me when I say you're not alone. And please, um, like I said, contact us. We will do our best to help or to find help for you. Absolutely, and it's www.divorcewecare.com, and if you are in need of of the advocacy piece of it, Rohini's is www.nmsao, Rohini, am I correct? Nmsao.org. Sorry, Eileen, I think I cut you off briefly. That's no, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so I am. Um, we are definitely over time, but I just wanted to thank you profusely to both of you um, for being on the show and and just being candid and authentic about what you've been through and and how the Lord has used it to His glory. It's just really humbling. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well. I'm I'm humbled to be here and thank you for giving us the uh, blessing and the opportunity to share our story and um, the miracles and uh, thank you for having this show that allows such platform to be shared and uh, and um, you know Christ is the centered and um, I, I'm just privileged thank you. Uh, praise God! No, the privilege is all mine. Um, it's just really cool to see how he he's active today as he as he was in the acts. Um, very much so active. So let's go ahead and close in prayer. And thank you, ladies, again. Father God, thank you for being in our midst. Thank you for your sacrifice, Jesus, and thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that in everything we do, um, that your word will be spread. Your good news will enter our homes, our workplaces, wherever we are. Thank you, Lord, for these sisters in Christ who are well-positioned to be advocates for people who are hurting through the midst of separation, through the midst of divorce. Lord, I, I'm just so grateful for people who are hurting um, in the midst of marital circumstances with who are military spouses, that they have this advocacy organization, Lord God, and Rohini, through our experience, will be able to minister um, with you at the center. Lord, I just pray for us as a, a people, for both those who know you, for those who will know you, um, according to your riches and glory, Lord. And I just pray that anything that is impeding us from spreading your good news um, will be cast away in your holy name. And anything that is um, just being silent, Lord, they will be enfolded for your glory. Thank you for this hour. We adore you, King. Amen. Amen. Guys, thanks again. I really appreciate you being here. Um, folks, if you're listening in, thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time, thank you for tuning in. And I hope to hear from you, to see you next to, to well, really to hear you um, next time. Uh, for those of you who are tuning in and you don't believe in Jesus, know this. He's pursuing you. He loves you. He created you. And if you want to know more about this this gospel, about what he did for you, about why he's pursuing you and what, what that even means, Please contact us. You can email us at contact at kingdomworkforchrist.com, contact at kingdomworkforchrist.com. If you don't feel like memorizing all that, just go to www.kingdomworkforchrist.com. But know this. We'll pray for you. We will um, listen to you. There are no questions that can be off. Um, We are operating by the fact that the Lord gracefully saved us. And so with that in mind, we approach every single question that comes through. If you're looking for a church home and in the meantime need resources to stay plugged into the word and encouraged, please email us. We have plenty of resources. We're not affiliating with anyone in particular, so we'll tell you what's worked for us and what we believe is Christ-centered and, most importantly, going to help you. So have a wonderful day. 
Have a wonderful evening, no matter what time you're listening, and see you next time. Bye-bye.